Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Misconduct. I'm Eileen, and as always, joining me is Colleen. How you doing, Colleen? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, had Nicole this week uh, visiting all the way from Virginia, so that was nice. And uh, for those who may not know, Nicole does, uh, she's a special host and will do uh, episodes with us about once a month, and it actually was her birthday, so if you guys want to jump on the Facebook group, um, wish her a happy birthday. That would be really awesome. It would. Thanks, Nicole, for hanging out with us. Uh, we also wanted to say a huge thank you to Kira Lynn and Affectionate for your five-star reviews. If you're enjoying the show and have a moment, please review us on iTunes. Reviews help us, and they help others find the show, too. We also wanted to give a huge thank you to all our Patreon supporters, and we have a couple new ones this week. Thank you to Rebecca and Justin for supporting the show. We appreciate the support more than we can say. If you'd like to see our rewards and merchandise that we are offering for our Patreon patrons uh, visit our website and click the donate tab or go to patreon.com slash misconduct podcast so that housekeeping out of the way let's get into today's case this week we are discussing the case of angie zapata angie was 18 when she was murdered for being trans the landmark case was notable because it was the first time that the hate crime statute was applied to a case involving a crime against a transgender person in colorado It was also the first example of a hate crime statute being successfully applied to get a conviction for the murder of a transgender person in the United States. This case is particularly heartbreaking because it involves the senseless, bigoted murder of a teenager who was very much loved by her friends and family. Angie was born Justin David Zapata on August 5th, 1989. She was born in Brighton, Colorado, and raised in nearby Fort Lupton. Fort Lupton is a small town with a population of about 7,000. She was the fifth of six children, three sisters, and one older brother. She was the baby of the family. Her mother, Maria, and siblings would talk about how they felt they needed to look after her. As a young child, she didn't play with typical boys' toys. Instead, she wasn't playing outside. She was watching her older sisters do their hair and makeup. She was described as energetic and friendly. By the time she was eight, she knew how to walk in heels. Her family knew from a young age that she was different, but they loved and supported her no matter what. She was feminine from a young age while still living as Justin. While her family accepted her, she became the subject of teasing at a young age. Kids would get in her face or talk behind her back, making middle school even more difficult than it already is. In middle school, she told her friends that she liked boys and they accepted her immediately. According to one of his close friends, she told Angie, you didn't even need to tell us that because it was something they already suspected and accepted. Kids at school started to get even more gossipy when she began growing her hair out long past her shoulders. 
In high school, the kids would harass her, and Angie received barely any support from school administrators. Despite the school being rough, she was described as a vibrant teenager and a very caring person. Her friend said she was really funny and really sassy and was always just trying to make people laugh. In high school, when she was about 15, that was when she started to tell her friends that she was transgender, and Angie once again was accepted by her friends, but she wasn't publicly living as Angie yet. She would go to her friends' houses to do her makeup and spend as much time as she could as Angie. Her friends said that she was known for her makeup skills that often surpassed her friends' skill level, even though they had been using makeup regularly for years. When she was 16, she started living full-time as Angie. People talked, but after a while, it became a fact of life. Angie, understandably, did have a hard time with not being accepted and faced a lot of hardships that transgender people go through, and she would regularly get stares and rude treatment from people in public. Her friends and family habitually defended her in public and often told people to quit staring. And Angie herself was tough. She had no problem standing up for herself. However, the harassment she endured at high school eventually proved to be too much, and she dropped out of high school before graduation in early 2008. She moved out of her mother's house and into an apartment in Greenlee, Colorado, close to her mom. Greenlee is about 60 miles north of Denver and is a a small, conservative town. She supported herself by babysitting her nieces and nephews. Her long-term goal was to save money and move to Denver for cosmetology school. Even though she had her friends and family support, they were worried about her safety. When Angie was younger, her mom, Maria, said she tried to have Angie conform to more typical boy gender roles because it seemed to alleviate some of the teasing. But after seeing how miserable it would make Angie, Maria decided it was best to let her live however, whatever made her happy, basically. Which I think is a really good example of parenting. Like, this Mm -hmm. is what you should want to do as a parent, I think. Absolutely. I think, you know, you should just love your kid no matter what. And, um, you know, I have a friend who's trans and she had a great family and it was awesome. And you just don't want, unfortunately, particularly in the LGBT community and particularly with the transgender community, uh, so many trans people commit suicide and you just don't want that fate for your child I would think so um, you know they're going to get enough of it at the world at large you know Mm -hmm. so I think it's awesome that they just accepted her and supported her yeah it was a tough decision but I think it was the right decision because nobody wants to see their kid teased and get teased yeah and that's where the usually any sort of pushback maybe from the parents usually good parents like her parents come from it's just you don't want to see your kid get teased you know Mm -hmm. that's the thing with being gay or anything else trust me people don't choose to be different in that sense. So it's awesome that she had a supportive family. I think that's great. Yeah, me too. Her at her apartment in Greenlee, she did seem happy. She was living on her own and supporting herself. She enjoyed a close relationship with her mom, her siblings and nieces and nephews. She had friends who loved her and accepted her and she was making a place for herself in a world that sometimes seemed reluctant to accept her. Uh, But few could resist the friendly and sassy teenager. Angie's mom said in an interview that she knew that Angie wanted a boyfriend and that she wanted a relationship. Even though she seemed happy, Angie did have moments where she would be upset because of the treatment she got from someone on the street or somebody new that she met. She always had to deal with how people would react to her being transgender. And understandably, the negative reactions sometimes took their toll. Angie was active on the social network site called Moco Space. Moco Space 
because I had not heard of that until now, is a social media app for phones that has chat and instant message uh, features. While on Mocha Space, Angie started talking to a man named Alan Andrade. Andrade was 31, unemployed, and living in a nearby town. After chatting, they decided to meet up in person. Angie borrowed her mom's car and went and picked him up on July 15, 2008. Some of her friends and family knew she had been talking to a guy, but they didn't know much of anything about him. Andrade spent three days with Angie at her apartment. Angie left him alone in her new apartment on the third day while she went to go babysit her nieces and nephews. Before returning home, Angie stopped by her friend's house and told them there was a man staying at her house and that she performed oral sex on him, but they did not have sex. She didn't give any additional information about him to her friend. They didn't know his name or where he was from. Andrade had spent the day in her house alone and after snooping began to grow suspicious of Angie's gender. That night he confronted her. When confronted, Angie told Andrade that she was, quote, all woman and Andrade told her to prove it and she refused. He grabbed at her and when he felt a penis, he said that he flew into a rage and started to punch her over and over. Once he thought she was dead, he ransacked the house And when he realized that she was still alive, he began to beat her with a fire extinguisher until he was sure that she was dead. He stole her credit cards and fled in her car, taking the murder weapon and other incriminating evidence with him. Angie's sister Monica went to her apartment to check on her because they had not heard from her. And Monica found Angie dead on her living room floor, covered in a sheet. Andrade was arrested two weeks later near his residence, driving in Angie's mom's car. Angie's murder and trial received media attention beyond Colorado, and her family pressed early on to have the murder tried as a hate crime. In the United States, a hate crime, or a bias-motivated crime, is a crime that is motivated by prejudice the perpetrator has towards a certain social group. Hate crime laws in the United States go back to 1871 when the government took action to reduce the number of crimes committed by the KKK. The Civil Rights Act of 1968 allowed for federal prosecution of anyone who, quote, willingly injures, intimidates, or interferes with another person or attempts to do so by force because of the person's race, color, religion, or national origin. In 1994, the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act changed this slightly. It required the sentencing penalties to be increased for people convicted of crimes motivated by actual or perceived race, color, religion, national origin, ethnicity, or gender. So gender was added in the short. This is on a federal level. States have their own rules about what types of crimes qualify for hate crimes. In 2005, Colorado added sexual orientation and gender identity to be covered under the hate crime statute. That means if prosecutors could prove that Andrade killed Angie because of her gender identity, he could be convicted of a hate crime and have additional penalties added to his sentence. In researching this case, I saw a list of states um, and when they added gender identity and sexual orientation to their hate crime statutes. In 1983, there were no LGBT hate crime statutes at a state level in the United States. In 1984, California included sexual orientation in their hate crime statute. The first state that covered gender identity isn't even technically a state, but it's our capital, Washington, D.C., and that was in 1990. Hmm. Throughout the 90s and early 2000s, progress was made in adding sexual orientation and gender identity to hate crime statutes across the United States. 
Unfortunately, to this day, there are states that exclude sexual orientation and gender identity in their hate crime statutes. And I'm going to name them because I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Montana, North Dakota, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, South Dakota, Utah, Virginia, and West Virginia, and Wyoming. They do not include sexual orientation or gender identity motivated crimes as hate crimes. So that's 16 out of 50 states. Oh. Uh, Alternately, there are 17 states plus D.C. that have laws that cover both sexual and gender identity uh, motivated hate crimes. So if you look at the the states that don't cover, you know, sexual Uh identity or gender identity as hate crimes, those are typically Republican leaning states. Right. Yeah. Wyoming, West Virginia, Virginia. Yeah. South Carolina. Um, a lot of red. Yeah. A lot of red states. The only one I thought was a little surprising was Michigan. I even went and double checked. Yeah. That was um, surprising. And, and, you know, Virginia actually technically is a swing state. So that's a little surprising, too, because they can be a, um, you know, a little liberal leaning on some things, I think. But, um, yeah, it's it's sad because I think it, it needs to be there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's too it's, often this happens. So, and it's sad that in 2017, you know, we have 16 states with no coverage and then just as many states with coverage. It just, I would hope that we'd be a little farther along down that road. Yeah. Right. At this point, anyway. Right. Andrade was arrested in Thornton, uh, Colorado, while police were responding to an unrelated noise complaint at an apartment complex. They found him sitting inside Angie's car, which had been reported stolen. Andrade also had a warrant out for his arrest for various traffic-related incidents. He was taken into custody for the outstanding warrants and stealing Angie's car. Initially, Andrade was charged with second-degree murder. He was held without bond and hired a public defender. The prosecutor gave a press conference early on indicating they were considering upping the charge to first-degree or premeditated murder and pursuing a hate crime charge. District Attorney Kenneth Buck said... The crime we are looking at cannot be tolerated anywhere. I hope that if anything positive were to come of this, we would build a stronger relationship with the gay, lesbian, and transgender community so they can understand how seriously we take these cases. Andrade told investigators that he met Angie on Moco Space and they met up on July 15th. He also said that while they had oral sex, Angie would not let him touch her sexually. During this questioning, he repeatedly referred to Angie as it, because he's an asshole, Mm -hmm. and he used her credit cards at multiple locations. Andrade also admitted to stealing Angie's purse and cell phone, but they were not recovered. Andrade's repeated use of the word it to describe Angie was used to illustrate a bias towards her because of her gender identity. The prosecution decided to up the charges to first-degree murder. Good. (laughs) I know, I agree. Ultimately, Andrade was charged with first-degree murder, hate crimes, aggravated motor theft, and identity theft. This trial was the first time that the Colorado hate crime legislation was applied to a crime against a transgender person, and if convicted, this would add additional time to his sentence. The defense pursued a gay panic theory to try and justify the violence Andrade directed at Angie, This is a common theory that defense attorneys have used to defend violence directed at gay, lesbian, and transgender people, but it has been less successful in recent years. Defense said that Andrade acted in the heat of passion after finding out that Angie was born a male. 
Andrade told his girlfriend, and yeah, girlfriend, so I guess he was cheating on nice. his girlfriend, uh, like that he snapped when he found out. And according to the defense, when Andrade was confronting Angie, she smiled at him when she said that he she was, you know, quote, all woman. And that enraged him to the point of killing her. The defense attorney described the smile as a highly provoking act that would cause someone to have an aggressive reaction, which I think is complete bullshit. Absolutely bullshit. There's. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I know he's a defense attorney, um, but mm-hmm. it's just... Dude, here's the thing. There, there's no handbook to come out as gay, much, you know, and I've been through that, and there's, but especially trans, and I think he's just... Um, he was just threatened, you know, his masculinity, whatever, so threatened that he killed her. So he can he, he can go to hell. I'm sorry, but that's just horrible. And victim blame, really? Is that mm-hmm. what we're doing here? So. Yeah, they, they took the victim blaming route, which, you know, doesn't play well usually, and it shouldn't. Nope. Oh, this guy's a piece lie. of work. Thank you. <laughs> trying to censor. The defense filed a petition to have the charges reduced to second degree murder, and the judge quickly rejected it. I know, right? Yes. The judge considered the manner in which Angie was murdered in addition to the statements Andrade had made about transgendered and gay people, including when he told his girlfriend on a recorded phone call while in jail that, quote, all gay things need to die and that he was trying to put the murder behind him and saying no use crying over spilled milk. These calls were later played for the jury in court. So he can fuck off forever. (laughs) No, yeah. I mean... Oh. Excuse my language, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just the level of, you know, I mean, he's on a, you have to know that calls are recorded in jail and yeah. that they're going to find these calls and they're going to use them against you. I just. He's not the smartest guy in the world or maybe he just figured, yeah, I'm going to get away with it because. I mean, maybe just living in more liberal area of California, 
just this level of like overt homophobia yeah it's just... is something that is really or like transphobia too is just really like shocking, shocking to me yeah and me this too. is 2008 so it's almost 10 years ago but still still doesn't seem like it was that long ago yeah this guy is a piece of work while the defense took the blame the victim strategy, the prosecution showed compelling evidence that Andrade was in control of his actions when he killed Angie and that he took steps to cover up and profit off of his crime by stealing her credit cards and car mm-hmm. and taking the murder weapon with him. They also pointed to the story Andrade told investigators to help prove that the act was premeditated. Andrade said that while spending time at Angie's house, he became suspicious that she might be transgender. He waited at her house to confront her when she came home, and he had the option to leave at any point if he was upset, but he chose to stay. Andrade did not testify in his own trial, so he was not questioned by the defense or the prosecution as to why he didn't leave. You know, and as we heard before, it's not terribly uncommon for people not to testify in murder cases or their murder cases, uh, but that didn't give him the ability to answer that question and... What it says to me, I mean, either way, is he waited for her to come home so he could hurt her. Uh, His fragile masculinity was threatened, and I guess beating somebody to death was the only way to fix it. Yeah, I and then I'm I'm wondering, too, if they were to put him on the stand, based on just what he said on the tape calls, (laughs) he would probably hurt himself more than he would help himself. Probably. So that's probably why they kept him off of the stand. Mm Mm-hmm. Throughout the trial, the prosecution correctly referred to Angie as she preferred, which is a she. And the defense chose to refer to Angie as he and called her by her birth name, Justin. They implied that Angie was a costume that Justin would wear and use to deceive Andrade. I think this, I mean, they're obviously doing this on purpose because it's a way to, you know, again, victim blame, I guess, right? Well, and they're, they have to be hoping for someone who doesn't understand tran- a transgendered person, I guess. Yeah. Right? They're, they have to hope for somebody like that on the jury. Oh, yeah. That would think that it's, you know, that thinks like Andrade. Yeah, definitely. Because if I was presented, if I were on a jury and got this, you know, defense theory presented to me, I would, I would laugh. I would... I mean, it'd be ridiculous. Mad, I obviously, think. Too. Yeah, but yeah. I would just laugh at the at laugh at just how face. like it's just the audacity of it, right? Yeah. Like, you know, and I said before, there's no, you know, see what's I just find that it's there's no handbook for people to come out. Uh, there isn't, and you know, come out gay, trans, queer, however it is, you know, you identify. It has to be scary as hell to come out as trans because these crimes are so off, so common. Mm-hmm. I mean, so common, and trans people are so misunderstood in general. And it just bugs me when you have, I know he's a defense attorney who's doing, you know, his job, but at the same time you're on a public forum and you're, you're saying things like, you know, using him and the previous name. And it's just, it kind of gives it some people who, like you said, may not understand trans might think that's okay to do for people. And you're just, I don't know. I think you have more responsibility. So I don't know. The vilification of transgendered people as being sneaky or deceiving is just commonly used, I think, everywhere and in the criminal justice system and the media. It stems from a lack of understanding and the mindset rooted in transphobia. The jury seemed to agree and rejected the defense's argument. On April 22, 2009, Andrade was found guilty on counts of first-degree murder, identity theft, aggravated motor theft, 
The jury deliberated for just two hours before handing down the verdict. Angie's mom, Maria, addressed the court saying, I lost somebody so precious. The only thing he can't take away is the love and the memories I have of my baby, my beautiful, beautiful baby. The conviction is the first successful conviction using the hate crime statute in the murder of a transgender person in the United States. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Good. Andrade had previous felony convictions, which allowed for enhanced sentencing under the, quote, it's called the habitual offender label. Hmm. On May 8th, 2009, he was sentenced to life without parole for the murder charge, 24 years for identity theft, 24 years for aggravated vehicle theft, and 12 years for a bias-motivated crime. And like I said, if this seems like these individual sentences are heavier than normal, this is because of the enhancement under Mm. the habitual offender label. I see. All sentences were ordered to be served consecutively. During the sentencing, Andrade opted not to speak to the court. One of his sisters spoke briefly on his behalf, and he is currently incarcerated at the Sterling Correctional Facility in Sterling, Colorado. So we're going to discuss some brief facts and statistics on transgender people's experiences in the United States, since we are in the U.S. and Angie's case happened here as well. Crimes against transgender people are disproportionately high. A startling number of hate crimes in the U.S. are committed against transgender people. Victims of anti-transgender violence are also overwhelmingly people of color. Mike.com has a database that tracks transgender murders since 2010. In the United States, One out of 19,000 people are murdered every year. For black trans women, that statistic spikes to one out of every 2,600. Many of these cases go unsolved. These numbers could be higher because many crimes against transgender people are underreported to law enforcement and even less are reported in the media. In the United States in 2015, 22 transgender people were murdered. In 2016, that number rose to 25. Mm -hmm. And so far, as of March 2017, there have been eight transgender people that have been murdered. Again, this is without accurate reporting. This number could be higher. And if you're thinking that this doesn't actually seem like a high number, you're like, well, 20. Mm -hmm. Um, The total adult U.S. population that is estimated to be transgender is about half a percent. And that's 1.4 million people. So it's actually quite high. Quite high. In addition to the increased risk of being murdered, transgender women experience a higher risk of sexual assault at over 1.8 times more likely than other populations. Transgender people experience a higher level of overall discrimination in housing, employment, and seeking help from law enforcement. Without a stable living environment and without stable income, your vulnerability to being the victim of a crime drastically increases. Transgender people also have some of the highest suicide rates of any group of people. Mm -hmm. I know I've seen an increase of Mm -hmm. coverage of suicide, especially suicide of transgender children or teenagers in the news. It overwhelmingly seems to have to do with the treatment they get from their peers and the lack of support they get from adults at school and sometimes the lack of support they get at home. Too often we see kids who feel so isolated and alone that they feel that suicide is the only way out. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the most important things I think we can do is educate ourselves on these issues. You know, we're going to link further reading on our blog that includes where we got some of these statistics and what you can do to help if you feel so inclined. And while the prosecution and conviction of Alan Andrade was a landmark case, I think we still have very far to go to becoming an inclusive society that is safe for transgender people. 
If you are struggling with or questioning your gender identity or sexual orientation, you should know that you aren't alone. Uh, GLAAD, G-L-A-A-D, just GLAAD's website has a huge list of resources and information, so we will link that on our website as well. Even if you aren't questioning your gender identity or sexual orientation, consider taking the time to read some of the linked articles and resources. Before I researched the case, I would have considered myself to be someone who's knowledgeable of trans Mm. issues, not an expert by any means, but someone who has like a working knowledge, I would say. Yeah. And I learned a lot of new things just while compiling this research. And, you know, we only couldn't cover so much information in an episode. And what we talked about here really just barely scratches the surface. And just for some final thoughts, this case, it really broke my heart. I think Angie was just starting her life and it was cut short by a man who was so wrapped up in his own, you know, transphobia and, you know, toxic masculinity, like what it means to be a man. He felt, you know, threatened, basically. He chose to end the life of a young woman. And not only was she robbed of her life, Angie's family will never get to see her reach her full potential. You know, it was just really so sad to see that her family and friends, they loved and accepted her, mm-hmm. but they were so fearful for her safety. And these fears were not unfounded because the worst happened to Angie. Yeah. I was also really happy to see how the prosecution handled the trial. One thing that really gets my blood boiling is when people refuse to refer to people how they prefer. I know. Oh, <laughs> I feel like we've had this conversation outside of this yes, multiple definitely. times. Um. When I saw the prosecution pointedly refer to Angie as she, it provided a contrast to the defense. I think the defense calling Angie he, referring to her as Justin, Mm -hmm. was a tactic that was used to try and drive the point home that Angie was a costume and not her authentic self. And that that deception, you know, drove Andrade to kill her in the heat of the moment. And I'm glad the jury saw through that and did not give Andrade a pass. Yeah. I hope that we as a society can start to move forward. I keep saying it's heartbreaking, but it really, I mean, it was it just really heartbreaking. Is. It is. It's horrible. To read about another case of a suicide or murder of a transgender person and know that there are probably more out there that we just haven't heard of. Yeah. No, I agreed. I mean, on all fronts, it's, it's mean and rude when people do that to trans men and women in general. It just drives me nuts when they do it. But we talked about that, but it's just, <laughs> if. If I say, please call, you know, I don't know. But when you are in a high profile, I don't know, position like an attorney, especially with the platform that you're on, this case got national attention and you're just giving people the idea that this is just a costume and not a human. And that's horrible. You're dehumanizing a human. I just think it's a horrible and dangerous thing to do. And in my opinion, you're part of the problem. I understand the defense has a job to do, but they could have respected Angie while still giving a vigorous defense to Andrade. They really could have. There's nothing else that just drives me in the world that drives me up a wall than per- people purposely refusing to address someone how they're asking to be addressed. He, she, them, whatever it is, just respect it. Um, there wouldn't be an issue if I said, call me leaning. You know, people would do it, right? Just, I want to be called leaning, not Eileen. Um, they would probably oblige me. Maybe by accident they wouldn't, but then they would correct themselves. But when it comes to trans people, I, I hear a lot. It's nope, I can't, I won't. Um and it's because you have an issue with their identity, not, you know. I, anyways. <laughs> I saw something on the internet that said it cost zero dollars to not be an asshole. Yeah. And I feel like that's true that and applies in a lot of these situations. Exactly. But I do have some hope. I think, um, you know, I don't know if you you remember about 10. I feel like trans is maybe where gay was maybe 10, 20 years ago, where um, you're seeing more trans people in the mainstream media now, like at Laverne Cox and... 
I don't know. I, I maybe I'm a little older than you, but back when, you know, gay people were first kind of on TV, they're generally portrayed as maybe having like this background that was some sad, you know, and I get it. They had to humanize them in a way to get people to feel like sorry for them, but they had some tragic backstory. That's why they're gay. And I feel like trans was doing that too. Like they had some tragic backstory that made them trans, but now you're getting people like, um, you know, Laverne Cox and Orange is the New Black, who is just a normal human, normal person who happens to be trans, you know, and that's it. Um, yeah, it doesn't need to be, like, prefaced by this, like, and here's this horrible story that will make you feel bad for them, like, you're whatever, you know? Yeah. Because it's so weird to see a trans person on yeah. TV. It's just like, this is normal and we're going to make it normal now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I feel like we're, we're, we're getting slowly, we're trudging the, the horse over there. <laughs> I feel like we're slowly moving towards the right direction. Um, these children of ours just need to know that this world is a safe place for them no matter who they are. And it's just, like you said, I know we keep saying this, but it's a heartbreaking case. This kid was just cut short and unnecessarily. It just, mm-hmm. so, um, but like we said, we'll link some resources, glad and things like that for if anybody who, if you know anybody or you're feeling the same way, just know, I know they keep saying that, but it gets better and you know, there's resources for you, believe it or not. So, um, I think that wraps us up for this episode of Misconduct. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or comments about today's case, head over to our Facebook group or find us on Instagram or Twitter at Misconduct Podcast. We also want to give a huge shout out to the Blank Tapes who do our awesome intro and outro music. You can find them on SoundCloud and give some of their stuff a listen. And like we mentioned in the opening, we're also uh, on Patreon. If you want to come and check out uh, our merchandise, go to our donate tab on our website or go to patreon.com slash misconductpodcast to check out our rewards. Uh, Thank you for listening and we will see you next week. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.